You are listening to Andover Airwaves, which is produced by Andover Public Schools in Andover, Kansas. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Andover Airwaves featuring Andover Public Schools. I'm your host, Terry Rombeck. We're going to have a change of pace for this episode, and we're going to talk about family talk. We started Family Talk last year with Elisa Rich, our family engagement consultant, taking the lead. It was primarily a series of interactive online meetings, and we talked about different topics that would help maximize the potential in our children and our families. Well, Family Talk is back this year, and we're mixing it up a little. Instead of just the interactive meetings, we're going to be delivering content in a whole variety of ways. So if you want to watch a video or listen to a podcast or read an article or see a graphic or read an email, that kind of thing, you can really learn the way that's best for you. Alicia Rich joins us now to talk about Family Talk. Welcome. Hi. So to me, Family Talk in a lot of ways is sort of about being very intentional about the way that we interact with our families and some of the things that we do. What's your philosophy and what do you kind of hope that this brings to our families? Absolutely. You know, parenting is a challenge. Raising kids is a challenge. And I think that my hope for Family Talk is that instead of families feeling isolated, like we have to figure all of this out on our own, we can come together as an Andover community and provide some resources and support for families and bring families together with each other to learn from one another, to hear what's working for one, what challenges does someone else have, and just really feel like we're in it together as we're raising our kids. We all have similar goals. We want our kids to be successful. We as parents and caregivers want to do our best for the kids that we love, and Family Talk is a really great way to help equip all of us with some great skills and strategies to do that. Absolutely. We've all had that moment where you realize that you're not the only one struggling with whatever challenge, right? And doesn't that feel good? It it (laughs) does to a certain extent in the right context, right? (laughs) So a great example of all that is this month's topic. And each month we're focusing on something different. And this month we're focusing on creating healthy, positive habits. And I know in our house, and we have a second grader and a sixth grader, um, you know, each week's a little different. Sometimes in the mornings, the evenings are different. You know, maybe there's school things going on or work things going on or just, you know, extracurricular activities it's sometimes hard to have those those routines those those rhythms why is it important for us to focus on this and why is it something that that you wanted to to lead the year off with with family talk yeah i think that's a really great question and you know there's a lot of ways i could go with an answer listening to you talk about how every week feels different i think is something that you're going to find with families regardless of what they look like how many kids are in the family or what type of activities they're involved in day-to-day life changes right and when we have some core habits or routines that are valuable to our entire family it just makes the family unit function better as we have those day-to-day changes so it may not be a habit that at you know, six o'clock every night you sit down to dinner, but maybe the habit is you eat dinner as a family. And that looks like one night it's at four o'clock before practice and maybe another night it's at 7.30 after practice. But that habit, that tradition that you have as a family is what you stick to. So it's it, it helps families to identify um, what are the things that are most important to us, the things that are most critical for us to feel like we're succeeding as a family? And then how do we maintain those things through the changing of life. Right. So where do you even begin? I, I suppose figuring out what those routines or what you need to work on, is that where you, kind of where you start? 
I feel like there's a couple different angles that you could take. Sometimes um, families get really serious about setting some some positive habits and routines because they're struggling. And so they've hit, you know, that brick wall of I don't know what else to do and something has to change. Sometimes we come from the opposite direction of, you know, we're getting ready to start a new school year and I really want to set us up for success. And so let's put some things in place now. Regardless of which end of the spectrum you're coming from, you can kind of start in the same uh, with the same mindset. So you want to identify again, what is the thing that's most valuable to your family? Is it time together? Is it that you need a smooth morning because right now it's chaos and there's lots of conflict? Are you working on sibling relationships? Are you helping your child establish more responsibility or organization? Kind of that big umbrella of what it is that you want to improve. And then from there, you just want to identify one habit at a time that you can put in place and begin to practice and work on. It does take time. It's not going to happen overnight, right? So allowing, um, you know, the time to pass, weeks to pass where you're practicing that new habit, you're failing a few times and you're learning from that failure. You're having the conversations with your child about what didn't work well yesterday um, or all of last week or, you know, whatever that looks like, and then picking up and going again. And then when that habit has become truly a habit or, you know, when that practice, I should say, or that behavior has become a habit, then you're ready to move on and work on that next step. Right. I've heard you use the term habit stacking, and that's not a term that that I'm familiar with. What, What does that mean? And why is that important? Yeah. So habit stacking is one strategy to help you create a new behavior that sticks. So you take something that is already a consistent habit in your life, and probably the easiest example of that is something like brushing your teeth in the morning. It's something that for most kids, they get up and do that. They don't have to have a lot of reminders. Depends on the age Mm -hmm. Um, or the child, right? But, you know, whatever the habit is that's already ingrained, maybe it's something as simple as eating breakfast in the morning, or maybe they take a bath every night before bed. Something that you're already doing, you don't have to think about. It doesn't require any real brain power to make it happen, right? Because you're so comfortable with it. And then you stack with that a new behavior that you want to become a habit. So something that does require brain power that you are going to have to intentionally think about putting in place. So perhaps um, you're trying to help your uh, middle school child get used to washing his face every morning. Well, he's already brushing his teeth. So we can stack that habit of washing his face right after he brushes his teeth so that his brain begins to recognize that trigger of, I do this behavior of brushing my teeth, and that is going to remind me to do the next behavior of washing my face. Something that goes really well along with that is creating an environment for success. And so that would be something as simple as you set the face wash next to the toothbrush. And so he sees, and then that triggers the memory also of, oh yeah, I'm stacking these behaviors together. Gotcha. And it sounds like from hearing you talk that there's a focus on the positive side of this as opposed to the maybe the negative or obviously you're trying to change a behavior or, or make it uh, improve a behavior. But it sounds like, the, you know, focusing on the positive side is important in terms of the results. Absolutely. So James Clear is an author that I really enjoy reading. He write, wrote a book called Atomic Habits. And a quote from him is that every behavior is a vote for the type of person that you wish to become. And I love that idea because Gosh, it seems like we can get really caught up in the day-to-day and just survival, right? But really, everything we're doing today is going to impact who we are next year in five years, who our children are when they become adults, because those behaviors all 
link together, right, to create you as a person. So if we can focus on the positive things that we want in life, and sometimes that is replacing a negative behavior. So perhaps you're struggling with the amount of TV that your child is watching or not getting homework done. You can take the negative behaviors and replace them with a positive behavior, create a new habit, and you focused on the positive exactly like you're saying, but it's kind of, you know, taking the, you're going around the negative to create something good. And research tells us that there are so many really important benefits to having positive habits and routines. It increases children's self-esteem. It's going to make them feel more confident. They tend to be more willing to try new things because they feel safe in the things that they're already doing. There's really a wide um, range of research that shows why this is so impactful for our kids. And so, yes, focusing on that positive and setting them up for success. You know, our goal is that we're raising adults, right? We're not raising children <laughs> that are going to live with us forever. We need to raise adults that can go out on their own. And that's how we know we will have done our job well as parents. And so this is just one great way to help us with that. Yeah. I know we're talking about kids here, but I suppose there's a few things that adults could probably pick up along the way. Absolutely. And you know, I love the idea of you having an honest conversation with your son about something that you're working on, a new habit that you're trying to create, because then he sees, oh, you mean my dad hasn't like attained the status of perfection, right? Like he still is growing and learning and wanting to do new things and become a better person. Man, that's who I want to be too. And that's really powerful. Yeah, that's really cool. And then you also talk about reflecting and celebrating. And, and I'm kind of curious, like, at what point do you do that? Because obviously these are all works in progress and we're not perfect, as you say. Uh, at what point do you say, hey, let's, this is really going well. Let's, let's celebrate that. And what does that look like? So this is my favorite part of the whole process. I think reflection can be hard because as we get busy, it's easy to miss the opportunity to pause and really reflect on how things have been going. It also takes... Um, the willingness to be honest and to really look at what has been good and what hasn't been so good as parents. It's if you really want to sit down and reflect with your child about how things are going for your family, you have to be willing to hear their point of view. And you may have to hear this doesn't feel good for us. This isn't, this habit isn't working for us. It may be great for, you know, mom and dad or whoever's taking care of me in the morning, but it's not working for me. And this mm -hmm. is a change I need to make. And gosh, what a valuable part of the process to give our kids that voice, regardless of their age, to feel like they can have some ownership of those habits for themselves. So that reflecting piece I think it's a great idea to be intentional about how that looks um, through family meetings is a great opportunity to have some intentional set aside time for reflection. And some families do that once a week. Some do that once a month. My family does one once a month. And it's pretty casual. It's just a time around the table after, um, after church. We eat lunch together on Sundays and we just how the last month go. What do you think? What went well? What didn't go so well for us? What do you want to work on next month? What do you want to make better in your life? And sometimes they talk about things at school or with friends. Sometimes it's like, well, we probably should pick up our toys, you know, without you asking 500 times or whatever. But they're very honest. And if you will sit and listen, they have some pretty incredible things that they can share. So I would encourage families to be intentional about setting aside that time, however frequently that works for your family, to reflect. And then the celebration piece, you know, we are all a work in progress. However, celebrating those tiny steps is so critical to wanting to continue. You know, we, the first time our baby rolls over or takes their first step, 
we party, right? Like we're so excited. We want to get it on film and we want to show everybody and, and we can't wait to celebrate, but they're not done. And we know that. And we know that the rolling over is going to lead to the beginning to crawl. That's going to lead to the beginning to walk. And we don't wait until they're done with all of that to celebrate. We celebrate each small thing that we see. Mm -hmm. And so I think do that as your establishing habits too. So maybe your child has really struggled with getting homework in and then a week comes and she has it all turned in power school, you know, no late assignments, celebrate that. When you get that Friday, you know, uh, Google classroom, um, email that says, you know, no late assignments this week. It's empty. Celebrate. Take her out for her favorite ice cream. Have a dance party in the kitchen. Read a special story. Have a movie night. You know, it doesn't have to cost money. In fact, I love when it doesn't cost money. Always. But um, sometimes things are bigger and it's okay to celebrate, it, you know, in a way that costs money too. So whatever works for your family, I don't think there's a right or wrong. And I would encourage you to think about what your child, how your child is best going to receive that celebration too. Um, and celebrate yourself and the adults in your family with the kids as you're growing and learning too. Because then they learn, okay, it's not all about me, right? And that the family is going to party every time I do something great or every time I make progress. But we're going to party because we're all making progress together. And that's almost like a, a habit of its own. Absolutely. Right? To, be able to, to be able to remember to do that and celebrate, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So as Family Talk goes on for this year, where can people find more information and how can they learn about what we're talking about? So there's a few different options. And like you mentioned at the beginning, we are really hoping to grab our families where they feel best about retrieving information. So one way is going to be through social media. There's going to be simple posts every week with some information. So some of what you and I have already talked about today is going to be highlighted over the month of September on uh, social media. And then the Andover Advance email that is a monthly email coming from the district is also going to have a section called Family Talk. So it's easy to look for there. And there's a link to the district website and the Family Resources section where you can find articles and some more in-depth information. Um, some months will have things to read. Some months might have a video to watch, things like that. And then our hope is that there will be some interactive way to wrap up the theme for the month at the end of the month. So like you mentioned, this month, we're going to come together for a come and go workshop night where you and your family bring your kids. You can come. I'll be there to have some conversation about how do we really dig into setting some great habits. And you can have some time to visit with your family, ask some questions and things like that. Very cool. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by an Andover mom who will talk about how creating habits works in her family. We'll be right back. Hey, well, I am here with Amanda Cross, and I'm so excited that you could join us today. Thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day to come and chat with us about habits for your family. Well, thank you so much. It's good to be here. So will you start off and just tell us a little bit about ages and stages of your kiddos? You bet. Um, so I have a daughter who goes to ACMS in seventh grade. Her name's Megan, and my son is a junior at ACHS. His name's Miles. Okay, excellent. So I would love for you to start off and talk with us a little bit about what you think might make creating habits challenging, uh, maybe specifically for your family or just some ideas in general about how that might feel hard for families. You know, for our family, um, our schedules are 
forever changing and, and conflicting with one another. And so finding, you know, one time that's a, a consistent time um, for all of us to get together can sometimes be, you know, a, a bit of a challenge. Um, and I think just getting bogged down with everyday life things, you know, whether it's, you know, yard work or dishes or laundry, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's always something that can get in the way. Um, and so I think that might be the most challenging thing. Um, age differences in kids, you know, if you have a younger one that's, you know, three or four and, and a high schooler, you know, setting uh, overarching family habits um, with those age discrepancies might be a bit challenging too. I think that's a great point in that sometimes it does look like the whole family being included. And sometimes it might look like just working with your high schooler on some things that he needs and that it doesn't always have to be that one size fits all. So I think that's a great point that you make. And you also mentioned that survival mode that we all so easily fall into. And I think that leads really well into the next thing that I wanted to ask you. What do you think is most important when you're considering establishing habits? So I think that that actually uh, hits on on the most important thing from my perspective, and that's what do you want these habits to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I I want to instill a sense of of kindness and compassion and responsibility um, in in my children. Uh, those are traits that are going to carry them well into their adult lives, and so, you know. It, it may not be the, the habit itself um, that that is important so much as what you get out of the experience. And so I think that if you can make a point to um, to incorporate those traits into habits. So, you know, if, if you're looking to to help with responsibility, you know, invite your kids to help you with making dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, it accomplishes a household goal. It, it accomplishes the goal of teaching your kids responsibility um, and you get a nice delicious dinner at the end of it. Um, and, and, you know, I think um, another thing, it's not just those really serious traits uh, that, that's important. Sometimes it's important to just relax and laugh. Mm. And, um, you know, it's hard to purposely, purposefully incorporate that um, but we do. We you know, sometimes bring a book of dad jokes, for example, to the <laughs> dinner table, and they are the cheesiest things, but we all laugh and groan together, and and it, it bonds us. I love that. Yeah, and I, I love how you mentioned really starting with the end in mind, that you're thinking about who are these adults that you want. I actually mentioned earlier, we don't want to be raising children. We want to be raising adults, and so those values that you're mentioning and then uh, taking that big value and breaking it down into, okay, so what does that look like for my middle schooler today if I want her to be this person in the future? I love that. I also love that you mentioned creating the habit of fun for your family because linking back to what was challenging, life is busy. Life can be hard. Different seasons can be harder than others, right? And that's right. If you're intentional about having a habit of fun and time with your family, regardless of what that looks like, that's something that you can carry through those tough times and come out on the other side still close as a family. Absolutely. I, I yeah, I that's so important. I having a junior in high school, um, you know, it feels like just yesterday he was in kindergarten mm. and and he's not. Um, he's less than two years from being a full fledged adult 
and um, you know, in hindsight, I I think that I maybe got overwhelmed uh, sometimes when he was younger and and tried to do it all. And you know what? That laundry can wait. Mm. You know, the di- the dishes can wait a day. Spend time with your kids and get to know them, and um, you know, really be a part of their lives. Don't just kind of brush it off. Um, you know, on a daily basis because life is kind of short. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So you've mentioned a couple of things already, but I would love to hear a couple of habits that you feel like are working really well for your family in this season of life. Sure. Um, well, in, in our season of, of life right now with a middle schooler and high schooler, um, responsibility is very critical. Um, and, and one way that, that I try to foster that in my kids is homework time. Um, My kids know that if they have homework, uh, it's their responsibility. They need to get it done and it needs to be done ideally before dinner if possible. Um, And they know that I'm not going to stand over their shoulder and monitor every assignment that they work on and every, you know, math problem that they have, um, but they do know that I'm available to help. They have to ask me at a reasonable time. It needs to be done um, earlier in the evening. You know, if you come to me at 10 p.m. and ask me to work on a calculus problem, one, that's probably not an ideal situation for me. I'm not capable of that. But two, you know, your your, kind of lack of planning doesn't constitute an emergency on my part. Yes. Sort of thing. Yes. So how did that look if you remember, because you probably didn't start off like that, right? Like homework didn't always look like that in your house. So how did you get to the point that, let's talk about your high schooler, for example, in calculus. How did did you get to the point where he knows and understands this is what's expected of me? And like that scaffolding maybe, you know, what were some things you did along the way that got him to this point? It was definitely iterative, um, and and it was a a growing opportunity for both of us. Um, In elementary school, um, you know, we would sit at the dinner table uh, before dinner, sit at the kitchen table, and and I would work on something on my own while he worked on his homework. So I was present, and I was available, and, and I would watch him, and sometimes he would get distracted, and I would, you know, redirect and... And we would work from that angle, you know, in his younger years. And then it just kind of evolved into, um, you know, maybe you don't need to sit at the kitchen table every day after school if you can get your homework done. And, and, and maybe if you can get your homework done a little early, we could go to the park and, you know, kind of incentivize them a little bit. And, and, um, and now it's gotten to a point where he understands that there are rewards and consequences Um, based on his behavior and so he recognizes and realizes those on his own and and it's it's nice it's nice to see that he's he's grown and And the fruit of your labor right? (laughs) it's it's it's, it feels good I'm getting chills I love that (laughs) you mentioned a couple really important things and one we touched on specifically earlier the idea of habit stacking so you said in elementary school when he came home from school he sat down at the kitchen table to do his homework creating a habit where you you know you already have something in place and then you add a new behavior to it so that routine of when i come in the door i already grab my snack 
I go to the kitchen table and I unpack my backpack. I love that example. And then as he got older, you mentioned that incentivizing. That's another really great way to help kids establish habits is and adults too. Um, I did this for myself when I was trying to exercise more. If I walked on the treadmill, then I could watch my favorite show. But that if then, if I do something that that must be done, then I can do something I would like to do. And creating those behaviors and then triggering that response, right? That reward and our brain craves that reward the next time. So thank you for sharing that. So is there anything else that you feel like habit or routine wise is working really well for your family right now that you'd like to share with us before we go? So there is one habit that um, we have had uh, since the beginning of our family and that's when we sit down for dinner um, at the end of the day, whether it was a good or a bad day, everybody goes around and talks about what what was the best thing that happened to you today. and how did that make you feel? But we also talk about um, what, you know, what was something that didn't go so well today? And, and you know, how can you work to overcome that? Um, something that I learned about myself is that it is important that parents and families, the adults are extremely open and honest when it gets to their turn at the table, because I think kids need to understand that life isn't easy for anyone. Um, everybody faces ups and downs every day. It's kind of a matter of how you handle it um, that really makes makes the difference. And so it's been it's been eye opening, you know, going through all these years with those conversations. And and I think my kids have understood that yeah, this is this is life, and we will get through it. And it's how you choose to to walk that path that that really makes up who you are. That's really powerful. And I would bet that you probably have instilled a habit that they will carry on someday with their own families because they will look back and love that. I think that's such a great opportunity. Man, you have shared some powerful things for us today. I appreciate your time and your honesty. It's not easy and to uh, you know create that life, right? And have our families flow well all the time. So I appreciate you talking about some of those challenges and also talking about the things that really matter to you. And just thanks for taking your time to be with us today. Oh, thank you so much. It's been great being here. I really appreciate it. We will be right back. Thirty thousand foot view. If people listen to this conversation, what do you hope they get out of it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think most importantly, understanding that habits matter, and they matter both now for how our families function, but they matter in the future for the adults that our children are going to become. And I think that research supports so many reasons why positive habits matter when we look at mental health of our kids and just the social emotional well-being um, that they feel better about themselves should be something that makes us as parents want to strive for this in our families and I will just remind everybody not to be overwhelmed right the most important thing is just to begin so way back at the beginning we talked about just pick one thing right start somewhere and take those baby steps and to remember that every family is unique and not to get wrapped up in comparing what your family looks like and how that that flow looks for you with 
who else you see, that it may not look the same, but it doesn't necessarily mean that what's happening in your household isn't as valuable as what's happening in someone else's. So just, you know, keeping that positive outlook, continue to push forward through failure because that's how we all improve and just be committed to what matters to your family. Good stuff. Thanks for being here and thanks for sharing. Good conversation. Absolutely. Thank you. So that does it for this episode of Andover Airwaves. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, shoot us a note at info at USD385.org. Have a great day.